What up, what up, what up, what up? It's hey. KJ. It's Kador. And this is Hot Air. We're back. We are back. Um, aren't y'all surprised? Yeah. <laughs> this is like our third week in a row. Yeah, we're consistent. Yeah, uh, we're crushing it. We make money moves. <laughs> Bloody shoes. Bloody shoes. Um, got a bag and fix my teeth. You know what I'm saying? We're, sorry, we're on our Cardi B right now, for those of you who aren't familiar. We're like, okay, dental health. Um, we've been listening to Cardi B because the internet has been convincing us that that's what we need to do, and we aren't entirely sure yet how we feel about her, but we'll talk about it during shots. Yep, indeed. Um, so we're, um... How are you? Oh, I feel great. Yeah. I feel amazing. Okay. Uh, what are you drinking? I'm drinking a spike seltzer. As am I. Yeah. It's the drink of champions. Yeah. And, uh... It's a good post-brunch drink. I agree. I feel like it keeps the bubbles going. Yep. But you don't have to be like as hardcore champagne. Yes. Which I mean isn't hardcore, but still, you know. Yeah. Very refreshing. Keeps it keeps it keeps the buzz going. And as I've said before, they should be paying us for how hard we are writing for Spike Seltzer. No one else has heard of it. Um. So now, uh, what is our word of the day? Mm, Are we ready for that? And we're just jumping right in. I don't see why not. All right. Uh. Uh. Harlem. 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 <laughs> okay. Harlem. That's the word of the day. Why not? Yeah. Yes. All right. It's been a good Harlem day. We've like walked- yes, we we've had a great day in Harlem. Yeah, actually, there's been street fairs and brunch. Got my nails done. Yeah. Got uh, you got some setting done at Harlem Coffee mm-hmm, Company. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We brunched. We then did the street fair situation. Bought some products. Yeah. From our fellow blacks. Supported blacks. And, uh, yeah, had a great Harlem day. So great. I think it should be Harlem. I agree with you. All right, let's do it. Amazing. Uh, so shot number one. Well, here in these Harlem streets. Okay. <laughs> She's here, not even in Harlem. It, it doesn't I, matter. I know nope. nothing about this nope. shot. And exactly. I know. Here nothing. in these Harlem streets. God. We, the people, have decided that we are upset with Kimberly Kardashian. Oh, she's on the outs? She is on the outs. And uh, it's for a couple of reasons. Now, if you've been following the rise of Kim K's contouring palette, and or contouring kit, and I will say I did purchase it with my own dollars. Oh. And I have used the product. Is it like a documentary or something? Like a- No, no, no. It's product. Oh. <laughs> But it has a rise to it? Yes. Oh, you mean just like how much it's got? Yes. Okay, yep. Where would you follow this? Now, yeah, what do you mean where would you follow this? In the media. <laughs> <laughs> now, if like, you've been following the rise. Is there a top ten? Is there like a billboard of makeup? <laughs> then you know that Kimberly uh, Kardashian has recently announced uh, her second product in the line. Oh, the sophomore album? <laughs> which is a powder contour kit. Now, her first contour kit was cream contour. That's the one I purchased. Okay. And as far as I'm concerned, you should only be contouring with cream. Okay. I don't believe in powder contour. She got it right the first time? I think she did. Now, I'm not going to say she got it right. (laughs) Okay. Now, okay. But in terms of the application, yes, she got that So her debut album, you know, was met with middling to hot... High praise. Yes. Particularly here in the streets of Harlem. All right. Well. So, uh, anyway, now, product two is a powder kit. 
Yeah. Well, now, people are like, who asked for that? I'm going to just tell you right off the bat, I don't believe in powder contouring. Okay. But also, then she attempted to swatch. Now, do you know what it means to swatch makeup? Um, I'm trying to use my context clues. Okay. Yes. I'm trying to understand, it. and I literally have no idea. Okay. Now, swatching makeup is something that the beauty girls do. And we, we have done it as well in, in, in Minted, uh, on Minted, on our site, wherein, within, which withal, you take the makeup and then you place it on your arm or on your hand to give oh. the viewers a sense of the color against your skin So tone. it's not a way of, like, putting makeup on your face in no. order to go out. It's just to, like, check it out on your on skin. On skin, okay. yes. Now, Kimberly attempted to do this and did it quite terribly. Now, I didn't realize you could swatch product in such a wrong way. It seems fairly intuitive to me. Did she put it on, like, her ear or, like, an inappropriate part of her body? I think the real problem is she didn't pick up enough product with which to then swatch on her arm so that when she did it, you didn't get enough of a sense of the actual color and how that would look against skin. So it ended up looking real ashy and kind of non-existent. And the internet went up over this. Now, when I tell you the beauty girls don't play, the beauty girls don't play. Just take it from me. You don't have a whole lot of leeway with the beauty girls, okay? They went up very quickly and pointed out that um, the swatches were garbage. Now, from here, the story so far is still fairly innocent, okay? Okay. She did the swatches wrong. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, who cares? The sophomore album could still be fire. Right. Even and, if you screwed up the promotion. Exactly. The powder could still be great for the girls who believe in powder contouring. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Mind mm-hmm. you, I'm not one of them. No one's asked for it and now, it deserve to live. Jeffree Star is another YouTube beauty vlogger. Okay. Now, he's been in the game for a, a minute now. A good three, four, five years. Who is he? Well... If you were to ask the streets of Harlem, oh gosh, <laughs> I love how many times I said. If you were to ask the streets of Harlem, basically what you would hear is that Jeffrey Star is a racist okay. YouTube beauty vlogger, and the reason why how, how does one become a racist? Well, beauty and vlogger? this is where it gets complicated. See, because. Is he, like, black-facing all of the no, products he No, does? no, 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 no. He, well, I won't say is he's... Is he white? He is white. Okay. Um, and I think he might identify as gender non-conforming. I, I don't think he would yet identify as, like, a transgender person, because mm-hmm. I do still think he considers himself so male. non-cis gender. Yes. Okay. Um, but videos were released a few years ago that had captured him in the streets calling a black woman a nigger yelling it at her all right loudly so so subsequently once the videos were released it took him a little while but eventually he released an apology video i viewed the apology video it was one of the worst apology videos i can say i've seen um because it was a good 13 minutes or so of which the first half was him talking about you know himself which just word to the wise it's not how you apologize like let's be very clear if you fucked up if you did something wrong the first thing you say is i'm sorry then the second thing you say is i'm sorry and then the third thing you say is i'm sorry and then maybe the fourth thing you say is 
And let me explain to you where I was at this point when I did this horribly fucked up thing. But to be clear, I am in no way attempting to excuse my actions because they were fucked up. Right? Like, if I could just provide all of you with a transcript for how an apology should go, there it is. Yeah. That's not what he did. So, now we come back to Kimberly. Mm Mm-hmm. Jeffrey, upon uh, seeing the terrible swatches, spoke out and said they were terrible swatches. Kimberly thanked Jeffrey for his feedback because Mm -hmm. he is a very famous vlogger. Mm Mm-hmm. People were upset that Kimberly would thank a race, a known racist vlogger. And here's where it gets really hairy. Kimberly then decides to defend Jeffree Star and say, we should all get over it. He apologized. Let's all move on. I'm all about second chances. Now... The black woman of the world and also of Harlem (laughs) uh, decided, you bitch, (laughs) do not get to decide when we collectively get over someone's racism. I remember that being point one at the at the meeting, the the monthly Harvard women, Harlem women's meeting. Yes. Oh, you said Harlem. I tried. I'm going to drink. Um. The reality here is, and um, let's just make sure that this is clear to white women everywhere, you don't get to decide when we get over racism. Right. So, step one. And certainly, Kimberly Kardashian West, with your black children and your black husband, you need to be paying more goddamn attention to the people you're out here defending because you are defending someone who has on many occasions literally used the N-word in anger. So... Yeah, and honestly... It's not looking good for you. An apology doesn't really cut it. Like, if you're an alcoholic... Especially a, a terrible apology. But yes. You don't get to just get get kind of the benefit of the doubt going forward if you just apologize for alcoholism. It's like, oh, I'm sorry that I drink uncontrollably. Like, everyone understands that that doesn't fix it. Like, right. actions fix it. Right. You know, you go to rehab. And right. then people can kind of start giving you the benefit of the doubt when it comes to being like, oh, I'm not an alcoholic anymore. Exactly. And my understanding is, and by the way, I watch a lot of beauty vloggers, um, a lot. But I don't watch Jeffree Star because, frankly, what am I going to learn from this white man in terms of how to do my makeup? next to nothing, Mm -hmm. right? Like I watch black women and women of color do their makeup because I learn a lot from them. I don't got nothing to learn from Jeffree Star, so I don't watch a lot of his videos, but my understanding having now uh, participated in this conversation on the Twitchers is that he really, first of all, he had that weak ass apology. And secondly, since then, he hasn't really given any of us any reason to think that he's all that different. So, um, eventually Kim heard the backlash cause there was a lot of it right. and released another video apologizing for defending Jeffree Star and basically said, I'm sorry. I was so naive to the situation and I shouldn't have spoken out on it. Okay. So ma'am, you're a grown ass woman. You're 36 years old. So how about Instead of assuming that all these millions of people who are offended by Jeffree Star just don't know what they're talking about, you take some goddamn time to learn what it is they're talking about. Yeah. And then maybe decide whether or not you want to defend somebody. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's hard for me to see this, I mean, any part of this as like an authentic, you know, um, 
statement of any kind like this and that it's kind of all calculated. So what's interesting to me about this story mm-hmm. is how much capital she has built up with her fan base to be able to spend it essentially on two egregious mistakes, you know, like that it's, it's almost kind of like a film studio gets to like release a movie that loses $200 million and they're like, Oh, learning experience. And then they'll, they're just fine. Like that's what I'm hearing when we're talking about this. And over the course of the week, I think she lost something like 8 million followers. So a lot of people really took issue with her and look, maybe she'll figure it out. And maybe all of her words, including the apology about defending him were super heartfelt. I don't really have anything against Kim Kardashian. Like truly I don't, I bought her product. Like she is a little bit richer because of me and I'm fine with that. Um, so I don't have anything against her as a person, but I just think generally, if you're going to wade into the waters of like race relations and race discussions, you this week, you, right? This, this week. week, you better come with some goddamn facts, some evidence, some receipts, and some knowledge. Otherwise, shut the fuck up and sit the fuck down because none of us have time for the bullshit. Yeah, honestly, wouldn't you kind of blame her team at this point? Like, clearly, she didn't. Re- like give that first response without at least some feedback from the people who support this empire, you know? So at some point, like the board, the Kim Kardashian Mm -hmm. LLC board came together and was like, we sign off on this. And they made a very poor strategic decision that they then had to kind of like backtrack on. Like, yeah, somebody, somebody got fired. Well, and I think that's up to her. I mean, but I also feel like she's a grown woman with, her own brain. Well, yeah. So no, I think it's. I don't know. You you obviously would know more than I would, but I don't get the sense that like. I I get I get the sense that she is full into like product territory. Like whatever comes out on the Kim K approved mm-hmm. methods of communication to the world are product channels and categories. You know, they're yeah. not just the way we think about Twitter and Facebook and stuff. It's like her Facebook page must be like a product category, you know? Yeah, that's true. Well, who knows? We'll see if she gets those 8 million followers back. Maybe. Potentially. Well, moving on. Oh, maybe let's save some of the fuck shit for later. Okay. Uh, well, actually it's all fuck shit from here. Um, pop sugar. Yeah. What, um, yes. Pop sugar. Mm-hmm. Did you see this, by the way? No. Okay. Well, now let me just say, I like pop sugar, I read pop sugar, but that doesn't matter when it comes to what I'm about to say. Pop sugar. Have some lint in your hair. Oh, thank you. Released an article about the natural hair movement. <laughs> in which... It chronicled the journeys, the hair journeys, of three very white women <laughs> wearing their natural hair and living their natural hair. Wait a minute. Eyes. It was about, like, it was about white women? Yes. And I'm presuming, like, struggles in wearing their natural hair? Yes, that's it. All right. That's All correct. Right. Yeah. Now, let's be clear about a couple things here. The term natural hair was coined by black women. 
the movement of natural hair was created by black women. The only reason anyone cares about natural hair is because of black women. So for you to release an article about the natural hair movement and include zero black women is the dumbest of dumb shit I think I read this week. How? How? I mean, honestly, how? I just, and by the way, I've been to the Pop Sugar offices. I know there are women of color who work there, so I <laughs> don't understand how this happened. It is mind-boggling to me, but I just wanted to put it in shots to say, don't ever fix your mouth to talk about the natural hair movement if you're not going to also talk about women of color. Just don't do it. You're going to look dumb, you're going to sound dumb, and you're going to get called out for it by the internet. Which is what happened. Which is exactly what happened. And I bet they won't make that mistake again. Right. My God. How? How are you going to leave us out of our own movement? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, my God. It's only a movement because we all rebelled against the white European standards of beauty you've been forcing upon us for centuries. That's the only reason it's a goddamn movement. Huh? <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, it just was so mind-boggling to read. I just was like, I don't. Okay, I mean, I don't even know what else to say other than it was just the dumbest shit I read all week, and that's in a pretty big week of dumb shit. That is true. Yeah, I mean, like, what were they saying? Were they rebelling against something? Or oh, uh, you know, they were like, talking about how oh, I have, I've always had this thick, curly hair, and you know, people tried to convince me to put a perm in it. <sighs> My God. <laughs> I'm not going to explain anymore about why that is some dumb shit. I'm simply not. Okay. So. Maybe is, we'll get, like, a counter article that we can direct people to instead of the actual, like, page views of, like, whatever Pop Sugar came out with. Whatever that bullshit was. Yes. Agreed. All right. Okay. How about you pick the next thing we talk about? Um, well, hmm. I think we do need to talk about Charlottesville and the aftermath that we've heard thus far. Okay. Charlottesville. So I think we just need to get through it. Get okay. It. All right. So maybe we jump in. Well, the first, I think, easy thing to say is that all of the business councils have been disbanded. Trump's business councils. Yeah. Because all of the CEOs decided they wanted to leave. They're done. They wanted no part of it. They're essentially like, everything Trump does is bad for business, Mm -hmm. and we can't, in good conscience, be a part of this anymore. Yep. And... Hopefully there was some moral, you know, like, decisions made as well, but they were just like, obviously, I can't have my share price drop. Right. Well, and shout out to the CEO of Merck, the black CEO of Merck, who was the first person to resign from any of his councils, Mm -hmm. and who put his job on the line doing so but felt strongly enough about the bullshit to say i can't possibly yeah i cannot possibly continue to stand for this so shout out to him indeed um and the rest of y'all who trickled in when it became safe to do so cool 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 but you don't get shout outs no i mean following the current you you could have been swimming upstream sure but at least you followed the current yeah but that's not shout out worthy nope but um, I do think it's great that 
Trump, who prides himself on being a top businessman and why that made him a great president, has only shown that literally no one in business trusts him. Right. Including the councils he put together. Right. Of, like, CEOs that may well, in fact, be more successful than he is. Yeah, or 100% more successful than he is, yes. So, And I love how the response was, you can't quit, I'm firing you. Right. <laughs> you know, it's like... Like, as soon as they called him and said that they were quitting, he tweeted that the councils were disbanded. Sir. Like, we all watched this on Nickelodeon Sir. when we were 13. Like, right. all of these are just plot lines we saw, we thought were interesting when we were preteens. And by the way, um, you thought you could get away with this, but uh, the New York Times stays with the T, as does Michael Barbaro of okay. The Daily, um, one of my favorite podcasts. It really should be called The Daily T, because <laughs> Michael Barbaro is, I mean, he's the purveyor of tea. He yeah. just and he has access to all the rooms where it happens. It's all verified. And it's all fact checked and verified. Journalistic and, integrity. Which brings us to another Charlottesville aftermath topic of uh Stephen Q. Bannon. Oh yeah. I don't actually know if his middle name begins with a Q. Bannon is no longer the White House chief strategist. That's right. And um Anyone who cares about freedom, equality, and justice should rejoice at that fact. Yeah. But, uh, um, yes, he's no longer in the White House, and Michael Barbaro uh, did release a special Friday night edition of his podcast, The Daily. Never, never has this happened before, it but has... the second Bannon was announced <laughs> Let me as tell you, exiting. When we found out, I was still at work, I was with Amanda, and Michael Barbaro tweeted, that he was releasing an extra special episode <laughs> of The Daily that very evening. And Amanda and I toasted because we knew we were about to get that good tea. That piping that hot. Piping hot tea. And uh, we surely did. Okay? We got the ins and the outs of the exit. Who did and, it feature? It featured that one lady? Uh, Maggie, what's her name? Oh, right. Who's been following Trump since the 80s, and she had all the who's it's and what's it's and whatnots, and uh, and all the tea. So, shout out to Michael Barbaro for having the world's most accurate tea, and to the Daily and the New York Times, we support you even though we aren't currently paying for your services. Oh, man, we still haven't done it's that. It's still a thing we intend to do. We may do that today. Yes. Um, and shout out to whomever helped uh, force Bannon out of the White House. Yeah. Because he never should have been there. My Lord. What were, I'm, I'm trying to remember some of these, like, points of peak teedom during the Michael Barbar. Well, y'all got to go listen to the episode is what it really is. Because that's how you're going to get the most tea. That's true. But, I mean, it just was all of how it came to be. And why it came to be. And the fact that Bannon, you know, he's just trying to live his Breitbart life. And continue to, you know, cause the race riots he'd been causing before mm-hmm. he left. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. anyway, I encourage everyone to go listen to the Daily. But it was great. Nice. I also want to shout out the, uh, I guess, the CEO of the Tiki Torches. I don't know. (laughs) Yes. The Tiki Torch Consortium Board. Right. The The Board of of Directors for Tiki Torch uh, Incorporated. Because they promptly (laughs) released a statement after last weekend's event saying, we in no way support the racist bullshit. 
These tortures are meant for family <laughs> fun, patio decor, <laughs> and have nothing to do with racism and bigotry. Please do not associate us right. with the bullshit. I now have newfound, like, I will now associate tiki torches with, like, an, a, a new you know, connotation of just spirit and integrity. Yes. Be like, oh, I should buy a tiki torch. They represent freedom. Right. I love that they, they, I mean, honestly, they came out with that statement before Trump came out with his <laughs> bullshit statement. Like, they were so quick to the draw. No, 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 no. Y'all know, y'all are not gonna rope us in with this here bullshit. And there were tons of companies that did that. I saw an article being like, there was like one photo captured of one uh, Nazi wearing a Verizon t-shirt mm-hmm. and Verizon came out and was just like, we are actively investigating how this t-shirt possibly made it into right. the likes of these, you know, just like nefarious ne'er-do-wells. Right. Like every single business yes, is just... Every business is like, nah. Yeah. Can you imagine what the media and PR teams of just like the Fortune 500 were like yes. during that time? They were just like, you scour every mother fucking second of this footage and if you see anything related to anything right of our company you gotta shut it down yes so shout out to tiki torches if you find (laughs) yourself in need of some patio decor we would like to um advertise for and support the tiki torch business we'd 100 percent use a tiki torch but we would definitely get evicted yes we have no patio space to speak of but yes for those of you who do yep yeah, actually, if you could make an apartment-friendly tiki torch, like a mini one or like a tiki candle. Yeah, we would try and support yeah, that. Yeah, we would definitely support that. We're, yeah. we're putting it out there, Tiki Torch Consortium. Indeed. Um, so the last thing on the list mm-hmm. of the Charlottesville uh, aftermath yeah. is Tina Fey. Yeah. And we got to talk about it. <sighs> I think we're both pretty much on the same page about mm-hmm. this. but I, I think, think so, too. I think... Well, at least based on what we've seen on the internet, we seem to be in the minority. Yeah, I think so. So for those of you who didn't see, Tina Fey was on the episode of Weekend Update, the SNL Weekend Update Summer Edition. Summer Edition, edition. yeah. And did a little sketch uh, about sheet caking, Mm -hmm. the premise of which was, you know, instead of going out and fighting against and counter-protesting these Nazis, order yourself a cake. With an American flag on it, and just scream into it and eat your feelings. Right? That was mm-hmm. more. Now, I, it was actually a pretty funny sketch. I'm not giving it justice. You, if you haven't seen it, go watch it. But that was the premise. Yeah, that's the premise. People got upset. Very, very many, many think pieces were written by like many of like the 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 publications and organizations that we like look to. Yeah. For, you know, like, leadership and, you know, understanding and processing yeah. throughout these these times. Totally. Uh, and they were very logical and very well-written, you know, pieces. Logical. I think calling out very salient points around interpreting this particular skit. Yes. And I think the main premise of a number of the articles was it's not appropriate for you, Tina Fey, and all of your privilege to essentially be advocating for this privileged stance of doing nothing and eating cake. Right. 
And even though it's supposed to be a joke, it's really not funny because that's essentially what most white people are doing and have been doing for centuries while people of color suffer at the hands of the bigotry. Burying your head in the sand, making yourself feel better, and just kind of extricating yourself from the conversation. Yes. Now, do you want to speak first about your feelings on this? I'll try. Okay. And this might be our main event, by the way. We're just, true. We're just, yeah, we we're, might be in main event territory, yeah. guys. And, but say how you feel. Well, I mean, I just want to be honest and just be like, yet and still, I thought that it was funny. Yeah. Like, I thought it was really funny, and I thought that, like, when I really had to investigate why I thought it was funny, I thought that it described a feeling that I've had every day, multiple times a day, since, like, the nomination process has begun, and describes an experience that I've had with the people closest to me every day since this nomination process has begun in a really satirical and kind of funny way, because I, you know, like, will just feel like, what else can I do Mm -hmm. but, you know, like, just make myself feel better? You know, just, like, find something to just, you know, like, numb the pain or, you know, distract myself from it or something like that. And it more often than not results in me just, like, kind of doing more harm to myself than good. Yeah. Yet and so, you know, and so the joke I felt, and, like, the reason I felt like it was funny is because the act of what she was saying was the joke. Right. You know, it was right. not, the, like, the pres- if you take it at face value as, like, a prescribed behavior, that's offensive. Yeah. And I just took it as, you know, just like the exemplification of how how so many of us have had to behave in order just to make it through our days when we still have to go to work and we right. still have to take care of, you know, like things associated with regular life and somehow figure out that how to make both of those things work together. You know, like fighting a war, you know, against Nazis and also making sure your rent is paid. You know, like sometimes it just really makes you just want to like eat a cake while yelling into it and like dipping a grilled cheese into it too. (laughs) And, and those are like literally thoughts like down to like actually like eating a whole bunch. Like those are like thoughts that go through my head regularly. So to see them represented on screen and actually have it be interspersed with like really kind of like pithy critiques of what's really going on. Um, I don't know. I just felt like, I felt like it, it represented truth that doesn't necessarily deserve to be discounted based on the vehicle through which it was presented. Hmm. Yeah. I, I agree with you. I, I, my thoughts on the matter were one, I agree. I thought it was funny. I laughed, um, which is something I feel like I very rarely get to do when I think about the state of our political climate. Okay. So I appreciated it for that. Um, And two, I do think, and and here's what I've I've tried to express to you and, and what I'll now try to express here. I think a lot of the people who are really taking issue with this sketch and saying it's not funny and it's offensive are maybe underestimating the extent to which they simply do not have the capacity to laugh at the current state of affairs. 
And I think it is more than reasonable to be in a place where you do not have the capacity to laugh. Like more than reasonable. It's the same reason why I don't really watch John Oliver anymore. It's, it's, it's rare that I do. And it's because not because he's not so great, but because I find it really hard to laugh at most of what's happening in our country right now. It's the same reason I stopped reading The Skim. I used to love The Skim. But The Skim, for those who aren't familiar, is this super pithy, very short um, daily newsletter describing the news. And their whole thing is about being clever and funny and pithy. And most of what's in the news is not clever and funny and pithy to me. So while I loved reading it in 2015, I can't so much read it in 2017, right? Like my mindset has changed. My capacity for humor has changed. My desire to see Alec Baldwin play Donald Trump has lowered because it's no longer as funny as it was when he was a candidate. Like now that we are living this, like that is my reality. And I think that is probably a lot of people's reality. And I think there is nothing wrong with that. I think it is perfectly fine to say, right now, this shit is not funny. Yeah. But where I think maybe people are are giving Tina Fey a bit too hard of a time is you're blaming her for the fact that you just aren't in a place to laugh at this shit. Mm. It's okay if you're not in a place to laugh at it. Not everyone can be. But for people who are, and in this particular instance, when I saw it, I felt that I was. I felt like it was, I don't know, did a good enough job of, like, sort of breaking through and describing the heart of, like, how terrible and ineffective we all feel in a way that somehow still was entertaining and humorous. But I get that a lot of people aren't in that same place. And, like... That's okay, but I don't know that it makes sense to try and then take that out on Tina Fey. You know, it's like, this is still a comedy sketch. This is still a comedy show. So if what you're waiting for is a sketch wherein someone tells us all how to unite against Trump, well, that's probably not a comedy sketch. Mm -hmm. Like, that is probably something someone should do, but they shouldn't be joking while they do it, right? (laughs) Like, that should just be someone taking, like, a leadership position and uniting us all. I just think it's a lot to ask of a comedian on a comedic show. Yeah. So... I, I, at least that's my take. I, I could be wrong, and I get that a lot of people also feel like Tina Fey is not a great ally generally right. for a number of reasons. Yeah, because I mean, people, people could also just not be in a place to hear any of this from Tina Fey. Right, and I get that too. I, I just think you might be conflating a few different things if you were just yeah. off top saying this shit is offensive. It's like, well, is it or is it a comedy sketch that very... Um, directly gets to the heart of the inaction that so many of us struggle with because we are paralyzed by how horrible we feel day in and day out in a way that still somehow manages to be funny. Like, I just, I don't know. That's my take. But anyway, I did laugh at it. I did appreciate it for the brief moment of respite it provided. Yeah. Yeah, That's sort of all I can say. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh... (sighs) It's so tough. It's so it, uh, it, it and it, and it's just so complicated because you want to. I, I also don't think that we are served by not having critique of this magnitude yeah. of anything and everything that comes out. You know, like I think that it is so important to know that there is a perspective on you know everything that's just like 
but you forgot about this, but you missed this, but these people were left out, but, and on and on and on, you know? Yeah. And like being able to kind of like measure your own responses against that, against that is how you get better, you know, just how, how you are more effective, like member of society, because you're just able to better understand the people in society. You know, you're not just like in your own bubble. So I, uh, just hope that that, you know, like works both ways, you know, because it sounded like, I, I don't think we were the only ones, like, even just like, that we know, you know, who found it funny and were just able to like draw some understanding or just some respite or, you know, just a, like a break, you know, in it. And these are also people who are not, you know, like damaging the cause, yeah. so to speak. So, um, yeah, I think it was just interesting to find it cause such, I guess, like an exchange of ideas, you know? Yeah. Totally. Totally. Well, anyway, that wraps up our, uh, spontaneous main event. Yay. Um, so before we go, I guess it's time for our hot air. Mm -hmm. Do you have one? Mm -hmm. Well, I'll start. Okay. Um, and (laughs) interestingly enough, I think my breath of fresh air will be Cardi B. Okay. (laughs) Even though I just learned what her song was two days ago, um, and I still don't know what Bodak Yellow means, it has crept into my heart. Okay. And this black woman is out here living her best life and wearing her bloody shoes (laughs) and using her deepest of bass voices (laughs) to spit hot fire on this track. And I'm not mad at it. So you know what? Shouts to you, Cardi B. I don't know anything about your life. I don't watch Love and Hip Hop. I have no intention of starting. But I like that you are out here doing you and living your best life. That's amazing. So, that's my breath of fresh air. Yay. What about you? Um, you know, I think my breath of fresh air, mm-hmm. I, I don't think that I have a hot air. Well, I'll rephrase. I don't think I have one hot air. Mm-hmm. I think I have like a too many to fit into the door, you know, syndrome happening with the hot air. So I'll go breath of fresh air, mm-hmm. which is a concept that we were speaking about at our fabulous Harlem brunch earlier today. Uh-huh. Um, which is just how much we love Obama. Obama. And you get to reflect on so many cool things now. Obama. You know, things like the fact that he has six of the top ten most liked tweets in history. (sighs) You know, including the top one. They're all filled with, you know, messages of either love for his family or, you know, just getting... Humanity. Yeah, just supporting, you know, those who came before us who worked toward equality. You know, all those things. And then, you know, just like creates a spiral of just positive thinking about all the other ways that he just tried to make everyone's life better than they were before Mm -hmm. they encountered him. He was the best, truly. And it just brought up this idea of just like, what about an Obama appreciation day? Indeed. So I think my breath of fresh air is thinking about how we're going to plan the inaugural Obama appreciation day in the Miller household. And it's going to be glorious. I think it's going to be quite glorious. And we're going to have a cake with Obama's face on it. That is what we will sheet cake. Yes. (laughs) Amen. Yes to Obama appreciation day for the eight years of joy and peace. You brought us Mm -hmm. calm. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. And 
like we'll we'll be able to reminisce. Yes. We'll you know, maybe it'll be on his birthday, maybe it'll be on his wedding anniversary, maybe maybe it'll be on none of those things. Yeah. Maybe it'll just be when we need it the most. Yeah. Maybe we'll just have multiple <laughs> Yeah. Every so often it's Obama Appreciation Day. We'll we call in sick and be like, sorry, it's Obama Appreciation Day. Yes. You didn't know? Right. But either way, I agree with you. Cheers yeah. to President Obama. And it was a nice thought, and it will continue to be a nice thought forever. They can't take him away from us. That is the truth. Amen. Amen. All right. So cheers to all of you. Cheers to Obama. And we will see you next week. Bye. Bye.